So glad that you're here with us today. If you are online, you're at First Baptist Church. Welcome and welcome, Maryland. We will be in the Gospel of John, chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. John 3, 16 and 17. Familiar verses, I would imagine, or I hope anyway. <clears throat> You know, uh, the thought of the day that was put up by Sister Teresa uh, is, is really so true, especially this time of year. So many people don't feel God's love. They don't feel um, you know, a lot of them don't feel anything. You know, right now, for so many, um, for those of us that have lost loved ones, you know, this time of year can be, you know, a time of sorrow and remembrance. You know, time of grief as, instead of a time of, of, of feeling that love and presence of God. For those uh, that have just a, a rough time going on in your life, it could be, you know, financial or spiritual or physical. Whatever going on, um, you know, you don't feel the happiness and the joy that should be we should be having all the time. But, but, um, but especially during this season. And so, the fact that God loves us so much that He pays attention to every one of us that. He sent Jesus to be our Savior, to take care of us, to, to give us a way to Him. So being a smile when you're out and about, when you're greeting people you don't know, a cheerful hello, a Merry Christmas, looking people in their eyes, You know, being pleasant this time of year can change someone's day. To show them that kind of love, just that little bit of caring. How many times has people looked at you and you gave them a smile or they gave you a smile and it kind of gave you a little pep in your step? Kind of you felt that that that, that smile meant something. It wasn't just a, a fake smile. So indeed, the love that God places in our hearts is something that's important to the world and is something that you yourself can control. And you should. When we started out our Advent journey, um, we talked about hope. Hope given in the understanding that we are all created in God's image and therefore worthy of his love, his peace, and his joy. So when things get overwhelming this Christmas season, remember that Jesus is breaking into our reality. And that was the beginning of hope for all of us. Then we talked about peace, the candle of peace we lit. And the big, the big idea with a peace is peace isn't possible without having the indwelling 
Holy Spirit living in us, without having that Spirit of God living within us. And finally, last week we talked about joy and the idea uh, joy comes uh, from God only and is a fruit of the Spirit. And it isn't possible without first acknowledging what God has done for each of us through sending His Son, Jesus, to this earth and then giving us His Holy Spirit to guide us all. Now, with that being said, today we're going to open that last gift of the candles that we lit. Well, it's not the last candle, but... So we open that that gift of the that the Holy Spirit gives us, and that's that that gift of love. Robert Fulgham wrote in his book True Love. He tells a story about George and Maggie. Uh, the staff and patients at the nursing home uh, felt sorry for George. His family had left him at uh, at the home, and they rarely ever came to visit him. He became depressed and withdrawn refused to talk to anyone. He spent his days in silence, and after a while, everybody gave up trying to change George. And so they left him alone. But one patient at the nursing home didn't give up on George. Her name was Maggie. Maggie was a warm and vibrant person. She was a former vaudeville performer who loved to tell stories. Maggie visited George every day. She would sit in his room and talk all the while piecing together this lovely quilt. George never acknowledged her presence, but she kept her visits up anyway. Sadly, George never got to see Maggie's finished quilt. As she was stitching the final pieces together, George passed away. A member of the staff found an envelope from George with the instructions that it should be read after his death. And inside the envelope was a short note reading, Tell Maggie I love her. Now, if only George could have expressed this to Maggie sooner, because the quilt that Maggie had been working on was a gift for George. Maggie had fallen in love with him also. And neither person had ever shared their true feelings with the other missing out on an opportunity to experience each other's love. And so the quilt Maggie had intended to give as a gift while George was alive served as his burial shroud. I know, it's a sad story. (laughs) But it helps us to realize that though love was present and available and in some ways extended... It really, it, it really remained hidden with them and therefore never personally experienced becoming what it could have been. How many relationships in our lives are like that? How many times do we not express what we feel towards one another, share the love, And in a similar way, God's love for us has to be experienced. We can't keep it hidden. It shouldn't. It's got to be real. And so in this familiar love passage of Scripture today, 
Let's read John 3, 16 and 17. You know it by heart. God's word says, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God said, sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. May God add his blessing to the reading of his word. That is love, right? That is love. Every year we celebrate Advent. We celebrate Christmas with the dream that, that people will experience the love of Christ through the sharing of gifts, through, through dinners, through gatherings, through the performing of rituals. And every year we wonder if anyone experienced anything close to the love of Christ. You see, you can hear about God's love. You can know about it intellectually. You can even talk about it. We read about it in his, in his word. You can watch those, TV, those preachers on TV talk about it. We can understand that it's available and it's present, but it's never personally experienced. It never becomes what God had intended for each of us. And that's sad. He sent his son here for us. And all we got to do is accept him. Joseph Aldrich wrote in his book, Gentle Persuasion, about the ministry of a husband and wife team that he had met from India. Uh, and they were leading scores of international students made up of Hindus and Muslims uh, to Christ. And Aldrich uh, uh, couldn't understand how this couple was being so effective reaching members of these radically different cultural and religious traditions, but they were. So Aldrich decided that he was going to ask them. He asked them, how did each Sunday this couple would host somewhere between 30 and 50 students for dinner? Mealtime became a part of the strategy to break down barriers, to create an atmosphere of camaraderie and, and building friendships. So you talk to Christ, you talk about Christ at the meals, Aldridge asked him. And they said, no, it's impossible in these countries to, to talk openly about Jesus Christ. And so Aldridge asked, how are you able to see so many people come to Christ? And he said, they said, we love them. And they replied, until they ask us why we love them. It's that easy. We make it so hard. Because so many people think that we as Christians are these sourpuss, stiff-necked, judgmental people. And that, that because you have this relationship with Jesus that you are going to you know, give them hell and damnation. Because they're not. And all we got to do is love them. All we got to do is give them the love of Christ. 
that each of us that, that, that have accepted him have in our hearts. We make it so difficult. And it really isn't. That's the power of unconditional love of God. It can cross barriers that, that we never thought possible. And see, brothers and sisters, there's a vast difference between being religious and having a personal relationship with Christ. There's a vast difference between being a church-going person and being a disciple of God. The early Christian writer Tertullian, who lived shortly after the Apostle Paul, he wrote, a man becomes a Christian. He is not born one. If your mother and father took you to church every day, that doesn't make you a Christian. Sitting in the pew does not make you a Christian. Somebody telling you about Jesus does not make you a Christian. Reading this book does not make you a Christian. It's a personal relationship. We have the best gift of all to give. The reason that we celebrate. And yet, we keep it. We keep it from our loved ones. We keep it from the people that we know. We keep it from those that we work with, those that we come in contact with. We hold on to it. When all he wants us to do is share it. Give it. It's a present. The difference between religion and Christianity, brothers and sisters, is to become a Christian, you need to decide to emulate God by jumping in and experiencing life as a Christian. That means you act like a Christian. You work as a Christian. You, they see your fruits. That God is right here. Jesus is so much in your heart that you want to be for him. And that people see him in you. Not for your glory, not for my glory, but for his. You know how many people that you can reach just by love, by showing love, by walking around with a smile instead of a sourpuss? Even on your worst day, you can still love. Even when everything is falling down around you, you can still love. You might not feel like it. But if you think about what that baby grew up to do for us on that cross, why don't you want to share that? And of course, the, for this season, you know, that, that biblical example it comes right back to, to Mary's decision to carry and birth our Savior. It was her decision. She could have said no. When that angel talked to her, she could have said, uh -uh, I don't want any part of that. But she didn't. She made a choice just like we need to make that choice. 
In the last several weeks, we've, we've read uh, this passage in Luke, Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 38, you know, over and over again. And it tells us, you know, what happened, right? The angel comes to Mary and tells her this, tells him, uh, tells her that, that, you know, that you're going to be, you're going to bear the Son of God. That she was favored among women. And we get lost in that. But what we need to understand is that Mary willingly chose to submit herself. She wasn't sinless. She wasn't perfect. She was favored. Each of us can be favored by God. Can you imagine that the moment that she made that commitment, she felt the love that she would that she had felt for God, that the, how how favored she felt that she was of God when that angel of God appeared in to her. What would you do if that angel appeared in your room? and told you something about your life that you were going to do for God. After the shock and awe of the angel Gabriel in, in our room, I think, how would you respond? Mary begins, she asks a bio, biological question, right? Hey, I've never been with a man. How can I, how can I be pregnant? She thought she knew how the world works. She didn't think about how God works. And the angel Gabriel, he answers her and, and even gives her that prophetic message to assure that, uh, that this visit was real, that it wasn't a dream, that, that she was going to you know, bear a child, a son. He was going to be the son of God. He was going to be the savior of his people. Her relationship with God the Father is as real as any relationship in her life. And brothers and sisters, it needs to be the same with each of us. Our relationship with God has to be real. It can't be a Sunday morning thing because that's not a relationship. We come together on Sundays. Most of us won't see each other again till next Sunday. Is that a relationship? Kind of, maybe. If I have dinner with you, if we, if we have phone conversations, if we converse throughout the week and we share feelings and we, we share life, that's a relationship. Sitting next to somebody in a pew, 52 Sundays a year, is that a relationship? Depends on how you define your relationships. If, if your relationships are like that, then we probably need to have a counseling session. <laughs> we say the words that God loves you. Don't we say that? Do, we, do you ever say that? We say God loves you to people, and we never fully experience or understand 
those far-reaching implications. Mary's submission creates a pattern for the rest of us who claim a relationship with God. See, we don't look at that like that. We just look like the, the Gabriel came, you know, Mary ended up pregnant, and, she, you know, she went on her happy happy life as, as the mother of, of Jesus and, and, you know, and went through the pain of his death and, and continued on as one of, one of the disciples spreading the gospel after after he was raised again, right? But we don't look at that relationship that grew in God, with God. And that's how our relationship needs to come. He loves us. He loves us. God is love. When sent into active service, brothers and sisters, it's okay to ask a biology, a biology or physical questions pertaining to whatever it is that we feel God is moving us to do. But we have to remember that God is sovereign and that God can overcome all the natural laws to ensure that his perfect will comes to fruition, that he can do anything in our lives to make his will happen. He can use every one of you, will use every one of you, if like Mary, you let him. That's the key. You got to let him. Too many times we don't. Too many times we walk away. Too many times we figure we can't do it. And throughout his word, there are examples after example after example of those times when things looked impossible in man's eyes and God proved him wrong. In these last seven days before Christmas, I challenge you to experience God by jumping into your relationship, understanding the reality that God is in your reality. He came as that baby. He's there. If you accepted him as, as your Lord and Savior for real, that he's alive in here, he is in your reality. Now, what about you making that reality into somebody else's life? Lighten that candle. Be that light. Show them the love of Christ, especially during this season. All the time we ought to be doing it. But what about now? Why don't we start now and do it every day from now on until we're called home? Now you can connect to God through his word by reading the scriptures, of course. Even if you just wanted to concentrate on the gospel of the accounts of his birth right now. You could pray for his guidance. You could be overly generous with someone that's not expecting it. And just like those missionaries, someone asks you, why? 
we know how to respond. We respond by acknowledging the love that God has for us. That Jesus has for us. And that we share with the world. We share with whoever that person is. And that he shares his love through all creation. You know, these last several weeks I've just tried to to pare down and just be focused on a single idea. Because we get lost. In this time of year, we need to be all of those things that we light those candles for. Everything that the Advent candles show us teach us we ought to be living we ought to be the hope the peace the joy and the love that becomes Christ to the world around us let's pray father as we prepare to uh, to leave this place, I ask that you bless us. Bless each man, woman, and child in a mighty way. I ask, Lord, that that you keep them, that that f- flame of love that, that you've lit in each of us, that you've lit in each of us, becomes a huge inferno to where whatever happens in our life becomes burned up by that love, that we shrug it off knowing that you're in every circumstance in our life, both good and bad, and that our faith carries us through that, and that our love for you and your love for us is shown through us to this world. We thank you, Father, for your Son, for that gift of the baby in that manger, for the gift of that 33-year-old man who went to the cross and died for us, knowing that's why he was born. We thank you for the story. We thank you for the reality of you being in our lives. We thank you. We ask you, Father, to continue to bless each one of us as we march towards Christmas Day and celebrate the birth of Jesus. We ask all of this in the precious name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. All God's children said, Amen. And so we give you an opportunity. Lisa's going to blow this candle out before it sets the pine cone on. Okay. (laughs) We give you this opportunity to, to come as this last song is sang. Um. If you want to join the church, you can come up. If, if you haven't done that, or you can meet me at the back. If you, uh, or if you're online, online and you're interested, you could just reach out online. If you have a prayer request, and you you can come up and we can pray about it uh, for you and with you. But 
you got to know Christ. you got to know Jesus. Why go through the Christmas season and not have a relationship with the one that we're celebrating? The one that can save you. The only one that can save you from hell. Come. Don't wait. Now is the time. The appointed time. It is so good to have that joyous noise in the back. I think it's the Holy Spirit moving in. What do you think? You know, that's a beautiful, beautiful uh, scene behind me and back, back there. You know, Christmas is a love story. It's our love story. It's a love story for, for all of humanity. Are you willing to share that? Do you want to share that? I pray that you do. So your challenge this week is, love somebody. Not the one you're married to. Sometimes you don't love them very much. Uh, let's be honest, right? Love somebody. Smile. Share God's love with everybody. It's not hard. You're not giving your heart away. You're showing your heart in Christ. It's a big difference. And if you're showing your heart in Christ, then guess what? You're giving your heart to Christ. Is that a love story? Absolutely. I love you guys. Hey, newsflash before I leave out of here. New Year's Day, we're dunking Jacob. Jake Hayes. Yeah. So, so if there's anybody in here that wants to talk about baptism, we can do that. Since, you know, dual multiples is okay. So, New Year's Day, come talk to me if, if, if you're feeling the need. If you feel the movement. Alright? God bless you. I love you. Love somebody this week. Please, share the love of Christmas. Not just now, but always. Peace. I'm out. Lisa, do you mind closing this today? So the, the fourth uh, candle is... Um, fourth candle is the candle of love. Uh, its light is meant to remind us of the love that God has for us. Jesus shows us God's perfect love. He's God's love in human form. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Love is patient, love is kind, and envies no one. Love is never boastful or conceited, rude or selfish. Love is not quick to take offense. It keeps no records of wrongs. It does not gloat over other people's troubles, but rejoices in the right, the good, and the true. There is nothing that love cannot face. There is no limit to its faith, to its hope, to its endurance. Love never fails. We light this candle today to remind us of how God's perfect love is found in Jesus. Let us pray. 
Loving God, we thank you for your gift of love shown to us perfectly in Jesus Christ our Lord. Help us to prepare our hearts to receive him. Bless our worship. Help us to hear and do your word. We ask it in the name of Jesus, the one born of Bethlehem. Amen. Amen. Father God, we thank you for this time together, Lord, and for the Holy Spirit working and moving in our lives. Lord, I pray that we have our eyes open to those opportunities to love someone this week. Not just this season, but in all seasons, Father God. And I pray that you go forth with us as we leave this place. Guide us and guard us. And these things we pray in your name. Amen. Amen.